effect of faith, what does faith does to a human? What is supposed to do to a human? It's supposed to make out of you a selfless, giving, charitable, merciful person. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Prophetic Mentality Podcast. I am your host, Amr Mabrook. For today's podcast, we have Northern California's very own Sheikh Khala Adin al-Bakri. A little bit about Sheikh Khala. He began his study of Islam at a young age in North Africa and continued his education in the Islamic sciences in Jordan, learning from some of the most prominent scholars in the region. He has since served the Muslim community in the United States in numerous capacities, serving as imam at several Islamic centers and establishing full-time and weekend Islamic schools. Some notable involvements include, he served as the chief curriculum designer and book editor for Iqra in Chicago. He founded Support Life Foundation, an organization dedicated to education and job training in the inner cities of Oakland. He founded Tawasaw, an organization dedicated to educating Muslims on how to apply Islam in their modern life. Sheikh Ala has been in service to the Bay Area Muslim community for over 20 years now and is the current resident scholar and imam in the West Valley Masjid in Saratoga, California. Links to our guest social media and about pages are included below in the description if you're watching on YouTube or in the podcast description if you're listening through your favorite podcast app. Now, I'm happy to say that Sheikh Ala to me has been one of my close teachers and one of my mentors. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always made it very easy for me to find his company when I needed it most. That's why I had Sheikh Hala spearhead our release of this series. I had Sheikh Hala Din on to talk about marriage and Islam and what men need to do to get themselves primed and ready for this next step in life. Now before you check out and say, oh, this is just another marriage talk, trust me, it's not. Sheikh Hala expounds more on what one needs to do spiritually to be ready for this next phase in life. And for those of you not familiar with Sheikh Hala's delivery, he has a very, very special way with how he delivers his message. He honestly had me mind blown by the end of this recording. He gives a lot of great advice, some I wish I heard before I got married. Anyways, it was a pleasure recording this episode, so I hope you enjoy and take away something beneficial. Assalamu alaikum, and let's get to the recording. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of the Prophetic Mentality Podcast. Today we are joined by our guest, Sheikh Alaeddin Al Bakri. Um, if you are in California, uh, this is. Uh, Sheikh, you, you probably don't need an introduction for. Mm. MashaAllah. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh, for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm very well, alhamdulillah. Wa alaykum as wa rahmatullah wa Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. So uh, tonight we wanted to, tonight it is very late actually. So uh, we wanted to discuss um, a little bit about the topic of marriage mm-hmm. uh, for Muslim males. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that you deal a lot with mm. not just Muslim youth, but with Muslim couples, uh, Muslim young people trying to get married. True. Just wanted to discuss with you, what are the pitfalls that you're seeing with young people who are trying to get married, specifically men? What do you think they are missing? What do they need to prepare themselves for before making this this jump, right? Because from my point of view, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, people our age getting married and then very soon getting divorced, mm-hmm. right? In two, three years, you know, they think, oh, this is a magical couple. Mashallah, they got married in a few years. Done. Mm-hmm. And it's a de- you know everyone's devastated. Or in few months, in many cases, I have seen. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into <laughs> that, right? <laughs> so yeah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi man wala. 
First of all, thank you for inviting me to your podcast. And uh, um, inshallah, it uh, uh, benefits inshallah. the Muslims, the believers, or anyone who's seeking uh, you know, help and guidance. Um, obviously, we're all human and we learn from our experiences. So you study the Quran, you study the Hadith. But studying the theory and the words is one thing and going and applying it in real life is another thing. And when it comes to marriage and when it comes to relationships, um, I'm glad you're doing this podcast because we have a principle in our faith. Our Prophet said, The happy one is the one that learns from the mistakes of the others. So... It's a good thing that we share our experiences and we learn from the mistakes of the others so that we don't end up repeating them. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Um, each and every one of us is still, uh, we're all learning till the day we die. So um, sometimes there is this feeling that uh, the sheikh knows everything or the sheikh thinks that he knows everything. That's even worse. Right. <laughs> I don't think I know everything. Um, I don't pretend to know everything. I'm still learning myself. And uh, inshallah, we continue to learn till the last breath we take. Amen, ya Rabbil Alameen. I'm not starting in any chronological order. But, um, but I think nothing prepares you for marriage. Like your own faith one of the benefits of islam is that if you are engaged in learning the quran if you are engaged in learning the life of the prophet if you're learning if you're engaged in learning about marriage from the sources of the quran the word of allah the embodiment of the quran the hadith then you are prepared then you you have an idea you have at least the concept straight but if you are not engaged in learning and growing and but slowly slowly but surely then you're you're just blind you're what are you relying on you're relying your own experience as a human being you're relying on what other people are telling you whatever society the norms whatever's going on around you at that exactly. time exactly yeah. the environment what you're learning from your environment and let's be let's be real right from childhood people are watching movies the prince, the princesses. You just have to be pretty, and you're you just have to fit that right shoe size, and you know the rest <laughs> of your life is like happy. You just have to look pretty. There, so that affects people, right? And and let's recognize maturely. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Just I'm asking people to take two steps back and recognize the effect of the environment on you. All of that cartoons that you w- watch when you're a kid. All of these movies all of these cinderella all of this disneyland all of the love movies that you've watched mm. uh, that stuff is gotta get to you right so if we are mature and we're talking here with a certain level of maturity we shall not deny because we're human beings we're social beings we're affected by our environment and that's why our faith encourages us to create a healthy good environment around us but there is no such a thing as a hundred percent perfect environment. Uh, but you know, there's something better than anything. So if we look at where are where have where are 
or what are our pitfalls mm. when it comes to this? We can recognize few items. One, the lack of knowledge um, from the book of Allah, from the example of his prophet, from the people that followed that way of life. <clears throat> we are not learning from them. When was the last time you saw someone, young person, who's trying to go and get married, right? The idea in his head, where he found someone from in our community that is 60, 70, 80 years old, that has been married for the last 40, 50, 60 years, and went and sat down with him and said, uncle, grandpa, please teach me. Tell me, like, what, at the end of the day, what worked? People don't do that. So you're not learning from Quran. You're not learning from Sunnah. You're not learning from the great examples we have in our community. People who kept their marriage for 60 years. They got married when they were 20. Now they're 80. They're still married. They're still happy. You can see it in their eyes. I mean, and then on the top of that, you also don't have knowledge or experience. There is no college that you go to that is called, here is the college for going and getting married. We're going to get you training. We're going to get you married for four years. First year, second year, third year, fourth <laughs> year. You're going to have a bachelor degree in marriage. Now you can go and get married. There's no such a school, right? So uh, there is, you, you have to learn from the experience itself and you have to learn as much as you can before you get into marriage and the third pitfall is the society and the environment around us so these three things come to my mind really quickly there might be more they don't mm. need to be three there could be ten but what i could think of really right now at the top of my head lack of knowledge from the guidance of allah at the end of the day why do we have islam to guide us through our daily lives no. and there's nothing much more than even got second where don't have knowledge or experience from reality. This is not switching jobs. This is getting married, right? Yeah. And third, the environment that we grew up in and its effect on us and what recognizing that exactly it has some sort has exactly. a, some sort of effect on exactly. You. Okay. Oh, so it's a big it's a big uh, it's a big topic. Yeah. And it's uh, um, the the fact that it's I mean. When I was getting married, mm -hmm. this is actually the reason I started this podcast. Mm -hmm. I was very confused. Mm -hmm. I didn't know mm -hmm. how I should start behaving with my wife, mm -hmm. my soon-to-be wife. Mm -hmm. uh, I was getting a lot of contradictory information when I was just Googling this kind of topic online. Oh, I also heard, okay, you know, the man is the leader of the home. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, okay, the man and the woman are equal in everything that they do. It... it you hear a lot of different things mm -hmm. and and it's it's it becomes very difficult to try to balance everything out mm -hmm. so for me i became very very confused mm -hmm. right How, is a man the leader of am i supposed to be the leader of my home am i supposed to tell my wife what to do is that a, is that okay mm -hmm. right be, <laughs> you're exactly. smiling because yeah. uh the, the the dominant uh theory now is that's not the case mm -hmm. Right. If someone was to say, oh, you know, the man is in charge of his home. The mm -hmm. wife is supposed to listen to her husband. Well, whoa, that that's that's bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you think that, then you are uh, backwarded, old style, stone age, you know. Yeah. And for me, I was like, OK, well, if this is the truth, I became scared because I was that's a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. And how am I supposed to live up to that? Mm -hmm. Right. If I'm if I'm if I'm. At the end of the day, you're responsible mm -hmm. for for the, for someone's daughter. Correct. Right. So, you know, if 
well, how do we get there first? I let's, hear you. let's get there first. I hear you. So I think sometimes we imagine something in the world of theory and in the abstract, but in the real world, it it works differently. Okay. So I've never sat down with my wife and said, hey, I'm the leader of the house. <laughs> Welcome to the new manager. I'm your new dad, right? I'm this and that. It, it doesn't happen like that. It's okay. something that happens implicitly. It's something that uh, happens naturally. Like, let's say if you pour water in the cup, then you pour oil. You will find that the oil goes on the top or it will go on the bottom, right? So it depends on how, how heavy that oil. That happens naturally, organically. Um, I think there is so many variables in that, in, in that situation that, uh, you know, that one has to first take two steps back okay. and see in according to the word of Allah, what did Allah assign the responsibility for the man versus the woman? Okay. And is there any discrimination in that? Of course, I don't believe there is any discrimination. Um, I believe spoiler. that. Spoiler alert. Exactly. <laughs> the spoiler. So the idea is I believe that the, the one of the best ways that you could deliver this in Surah Al-Layl, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والليل إذا يغشى والنهار إذا تجلى وما خلق الذكر والأنثى إن سعيكم لشتى by the night when it falls and it covers everything with the darkness when by the day when it brings clarity to everything now you have light hmm. and by the one who created the day and night truly your functions are different so what does Allah say? Which is better, the day or the night? There's no answer to that. There's no one better, right? What do you do in the day? Is it the same thing that you do at night? No. The night is important, equally important to the day. The day is equally important to the night. They're equal. They both belong to the species of time. Hmm. But they are like male and female. One is Nahar and one is Layl, right? Okay. So Allah says, by the night, when it covers everything and brings stability and peace and sleep, you know, and by the day when it brings clarity and you go to work, and by the one who created the male and the female, as if Allah is saying, the male and the female are like the day and the night. There is, I'm not saying the male is the day and the female is the night, or the female is the day and the day. It's just, we both are human beings, equally human beings, we're both belong to the same species, we're both equal in the eyes of Allah, we have different functions, right? Mm. People want to say, no, we don't have different functions. We have exactly the same functions. I dare to, to disagree. Why? Because reality will tell you that. So for example, I tell people, if there is a competition between men and women to prove that women can do everything a man can do and a man can do everything a woman can do, then I'm going to tell you, you don't need to start the competition because it's already done. The man will lose. A man cannot do everything a woman can do. And I guess I'm very clear. I don't need to explain that, right? You know, we actually, can. Actually, you, nowadays, you may have to explain it. You may have to. A man <laughs> cannot get it. pregnant, right? Yeah. You understand? <laughs> They're trying. They're trying. They're trying. Exactly. They're trying so, very hard. Uh, so the, just that's it. We lost. If it's a competition, we lost. Physically, 
Um, a woman can go and train and become very strong as much as a man and carry the same weights and participate in Olympics and this and this and this and that. Naturally, she can work hard and any woman can do whatever any man can do, but can a man do it? So, but why are we talking like that? Why are we in competition? Mm. Why are we fighting each other? Why are we? So now the whole point is sit down and prove that a man can. What did humanity come to? Even squirrels don't have that argument, right? Like they even even like what is it? Animals. Insects are not animals. animals. They, don't, they don't. They're not concerned about like a. You know, it's just it's just a, an artificial. Uh, argument maybe it has some background like women in a certain time and place were oppressed so they're trying to prove that you know they need to alleviate oppression alleviating oppression from women is one of the causes of the quran one Mm. of the causes of islam but not making men and women one and the same no they're not the same and they're not better than each other and no one is above no one it's just we are two different we are the pair of this species that is called the human being, Bani Adam, Bashar. And so now if we approach it like that, then we can be relaxed. Because I don't have to be fighting, oh, a man is better than a woman and a woman is better than a... We're not in that discussion as Muslims from the Quranic point of view, right? So we start with... So the first step mm-hmm. is to start with a man is different than a woman. Just very simple. Very simple. Both are human, equal in the eyes of God. The different different uh, functions a man and a woman complement one another complete one another together they make one soul imagine what Allah said in the Quran what Allah said in the Quran is not in any other book let me tell you something first ayah in Surah An-Nisa the, the Surah of Women Allah says Ya ayyuhal nasu attaqoo rabbakum aladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahida O mankind yani mankind here of course men and women Oh mankind, people kind, people kind, yeah. oh people kind, oh human beings, right? Yeah. Be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul. Mm. Do you know what Allah is saying in the Quran? Man and woman, male and female, were created from one soul. Hmm. And that soul, half of it went to Adam, the other half went to Hawa. Because Allah is saying, Ya ayyuhan nas. Oh, human beings. Nas is general. Oh, people. Mm. Be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul and from that soul he created its mate from the same soul. Right? So we actually don't go back to Adam and Eve. We go back, Adam and Eve go back to one soul. And that actually to me, psychologically, this is my interpretation, that explains why when someone becomes 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. even, even younger than that, you start feeling incomplete. You start feeling something is missing. You start looking for a partner. You know, you don't mm. have to be a Muslim, just a human being. You start from very young age. You start looking for the other person. You feel that when you, you feel that they complete you. You feel, you feel that you feel good when you sit down with them. You feel good when you talk to them. You feel that something. You feel happy. You don't know why. Why? Because once you reach maturity, you start feeling you are half a soul. Mm. You start literally looking for the other half And when that half is not there You feel you're missing something So you keep on looking I want to get married I want to get married I want to get married I want a partner in my life I want someone in my life I want some- Why? What's, what's, com- what's compelling us to feel that? Because we were all created from one soul You always look to make that one soul whole and complete You cannot make that one soul whole complete Until you have a man and a woman together As a husband and wife
So that's what I read from the first ayah in Surah An-Nisa. So if now we're talking from this foundation, I complete you, you complete me. I compliment you, you compliment me. I am not trying to do replace you, nor you are trying to replace me. I'm not trying to do your job, nor you're trying to do my job. Then now we're not departing from the point of I am your boss, you are my servant. Hmm. This is not a Quranic way of talking. This is not a way of saying, I'm walking into marriage, I'm walking as the boss, I'm walking as the leader, be prepared, I'm going to put my foot down. You know, they say the best leaders. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? Sayyidul Qawmi Khadimuhum. The leader of a people is the, their servant. Hmm. When, you, when you serve as, as a man, when you provide as a man, when you, therefore, the security of the family as a man, when you don't let the family stress, even if you are stressed financially, mentally, this and that, you, you walk home and you make them feel secure, naturally, you are the leader of that family. You're going to earn it. It's going to come organically. It's not going to come through a meeting in the beginning of the marriage. Hey, I'm the boss. I'm the leader. Whatever I say goes. This is artificial. And we don't see that the Prophet did that. Yes. We don't see he told his Sahaba, when you get married, sit down and tell your wife you are the boss. You're the leader. You are going to put your foot down. You, you, when you provide, when you serve, when you protect, when you produce security, when mm. you, when you, 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 when you, 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 you will find yourself naturally you're the leader and everybody's looking up to you. So Alhamdulillah, you earn it, let's make it happen. And, and, and I feel that's the philosophy, that's the natural way of the Islam is natural, it flows like water, you know? Alhamdulillah. So we started off with a man is uh, different than a woman. Uh -huh. They complement each other, mm -hmm. but uh, they're part of, them. complete one another. Mm -hmm. And the idea of leadership mm -hmm. or... Uh, um, responsibility in the marriage you know when it falls on the husband mm -hmm. it's not a mere discussion or uh it's not transactional exactly. right you play you you do the part and it's supposed to come organically naturally yes okay yeah. so let's say someone has the right mentality someone's coming mm -hmm. in they got this mentality down mm -hmm. okay you know i'm different i gotta mm -hmm. provide i gotta do this what kind of steps do they need to be taking maybe spiritually mm -hmm. to kind of get themselves you know in the mood mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. do, you, do you kind of get what i'm saying exactly so i believe one has to work on developing his own faith his own relationship with allah mm. relationship uh, with 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 the prophet sallallahu relationship with quran and sunnah why what happens when you have a strong relationship with Allah? You are at peace. Hmm. You are feeling secure from inside. You are calm. The effect of salah, siyam, zakah, hajj, umrah, uh, you are active. You are positive. Uh, you are you're, you're at peace. So what does, it, what does, a, needer, what does a leader need uh, to lead? Right, hmm. like one of the things that people used to say, it's a no drama Obama. Right, they, they made that thing because the guy is not getting angry. Right, hmm. like he's you can't make him angry. You know, when 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 a nation looks at their leader and they find him like, you know, you know, heavy, secure, hmm. doesn't get angry like easily. This and this, then the household feels 
secure and they feel okay we got a good leader with a good head on his shoulder so right? a lot of it is attitude. attitude you're saying you know it's it's first thing it's uh you know some uh, uh, you, as a man you got to be able to check your emotion yes right i mean you here you can be a fireball exactly but outside mm-hmm. sakin exactly right so what i what i feel one word that a, a, a brother or a sister has to have in order to be ready for marriage is the word maturity mentally mature spiritually mature emotionally mature psychologically mature because you have to encompass everyone in the family you have to be the big heart you have to accommodate mm. you have to welcome you have to be the stable figure at the time of trials and tribulations when the family is going through so much hardship people have to look to you and see strength right so how do you do that you do that with knowledge you do that with hard work and practice you do that with um you know uh when you do your salah that's meditation right salah is meditation you get your aman sakina tumanina and salam four words are mentioned in the quran they all talk about inner dimensions inner Can we way. translate them? So, <clears throat> a man feeling that you are in the state of a man, it means you are feeling you are in the state of security. <clears throat> You're secure because Allah is your God. You're not afraid of anyone else or anything else because Allah is your protector. Hmm. Gives you a sense of security. Hmm. Nothing is going to happen to me unless Allah wills it. And whatever happens to me, Allah will take care of me and Allah will reward me and Allah will elevate me and Allah will help me so it's a sense of strength sense of security you're not shaken hmm. you're not shaking and shivering and falling apart because oh my god the whole no no Allah is with me inshallah because I am with Allah hmm? hmm. number two, the word tumanina tumanina is the state of tranquility the state of spiritual elevation and spiritual Uh, um, what is it? equilibrium is that the word like yeah that, that works yes uh, you know you're just you're there الذين آمنوا وتطمئن قلوبهم بذكر الله ألا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب those who believe and their hearts feel tranquilized like you can throw anything at it and it's like at that state of tranquility this comes from iman from dhikr from salah from reading quran from making dua from from waking up at night and and making dua to allah praying two rak'ah before fajr doing something going out for nature walk and make tasbih and make istighfar go out and walk around the neighborhood look at the trees mm. and say subhanallah dhikrullah equals tuma'nina tuma'nina means tranquility and calmness mm. when allah says ya alladhina amanu O oh, you who believe, also O oh, you who feel secure with Allah. Allah's name is Al-Mu'min. What's, what's that mean? Allah, it doesn't mean the believer. Allah's name Al-Mu'min means the securer. The one who secures you. So you are Al-Mu'min, meaning you believe in Allah and you feel secure next to Allah. Hmm. Allah secures you. The securer, which is Al-Mu'min. Hmm. Okay, so Aman, Tuma'nina. Salam, peace. Salam is the state of peace. You know, and you also earn that from your connection with Allah. Then number four, 
Sakina. Sakina is at the time where, you know, the calamity or major disaster happens, a, a, a situation that, that should put you under a lot of fear, instead of fear, you, 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 you check out and you say, I am with Allah, and you feel okay. You feel sukoon. You know, when something is shaking and shivering, mm. like when someone is scared, what are, what's the natural reaction? They're shaking and shivering. Yeah. What, how can I tell someone is scared versus someone is very they're calm? They're fidgeting, they're moving exactly, fast. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the opposite of Sakina. Sakina comes from you're not moving, you're sukoon. Calm. Calm. Sit in one place, collected. The state of collectedness. Serenity. Serenity. Thank there you so much. There we go. I was... I was <laughs> yeah, we're looking for the words, right? I was looking for the word. <laughs> English is not my mother tongue. but that, So the, the, the idea here is these four words, these all are very much needed. And they, they, you, you don't need to be 80 years old to have Sakina, Salam, Tumanin. You could be 18 and have them. Mm. How much you invest in your faith is how much you get back out of it. So these qualities will result into emotional maturity. These qualities will result into mental maturity. These results will, 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 will give you psychological stability that you know, that you are naturally now becoming the leader. And it prepares you for marriage. Um, the, so these are kinds of... Exactly. These are kinds of, uh, you know, the four things you just mentioned. Right. It's not something you can go practice at a gym. No. But it's something that you learn about. And then when you're faced with issues in your life or problems in your life, that's when you practice them. Mm -hmm. Right? You're hit with some sort of calamity in your family. Mm -hmm. Okay, how, how, what kind of mindset do I need to be mm -hmm. so I can handle this correctly? And then over time, uh, you, you kind of build up that emotional maturity, mm -hmm. right? Is that, is that kind of the, Definitely. I, that's how we go about doing it? SubhanAllah, I, like, when you invest in your faith, just simple the prayers and some tasbih during the day, you, you make dhikr. Even after salah, 33 times, SubhanAllah, 33 times, Alhamdulillah, 33 times, Allah Akbar. If you invest in saying Astaghfirullah a hundred times mm. every day, do you know how long it takes to do Astaghfirullah a hundred times? A few minutes. I timed it on my iPhone. A hundred and thirty seconds. One minute and a half. One hundred times Astaghfirullah. How long does it take to say La ilaha illallah a hundred times? Three and a half minutes. Nothing. How long does it say, take to say Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad? Five minutes. If you put the three together, in 10 minutes, you can do 100 times Astaghfirullah, 100 times La ilaha illallah, 100 times Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad. I'm not talking about 24 hours. I'm talking about 10 minutes. So investment in your faith. So this will, when you need that faith the most, you will find it there. Believe me, you will find it there. Yani I'm going to tell you a personal story with myself. I, I went to the doctor. And the doctor, you know, I said, I, I'm feeling like uh, balloons, little balloons in my neck, like balls inside. So this then, is uh, right. a year and a half ago. Yeah, a year and a half oh, okay. ago. So I, it's now two years. I go to the well, doctor. They say, go and do ultrasound. They do the ultrasound. They don't like it. They say, let's go and do CT scan for just the area of the neck. They didn't like that CT scan. So they made a full body CT scan. And they came back. They said, we, we do not only think that you have cancer. 
we think that you have two different types of cancer at the same time. You had two different types of... I did. I didn't know that. I only thought yeah. it was only one. Yeah. So I had the Hodgkin lymphoma stage three, almost was about to get into my bones and lungs, and I had thyroid cancer. And it, it it's just... Um, if you tell me outside of that moment, if someone tells you you have two cancers, I would tell you I would probably die, <laughs> like just fall dead, fall apart. I can't even imagine. Like is that so? It's just suddenly when the doctor said that, I kind of sensed there is two ways out of this, two paths that I can take from this second moving on. One path is the path of fear and freaking out, and one path is the path of La ilaha illallah. I am not God. And God will take care of this. And Allah will do what's best for me. And I'm not going to let fear freak me out. I'm just going to stay with Allah. And I'm just going to now just say Bismillah. Whatever I can say, Alhamdulillah, whatever, anything that has Allah in it. And I'm just going to take it. And I'm not going to focus on the sickness. I'm going to focus on Allah who can beat any sickness. And subhanAllah, when I made that intention, the second the doctor told me that, I did not experience the fear for one second after that. The fear evaporated, it went all away, and it's, I, I tell people that, and I don't know how, where, when, why, but the six months of chemotherapy after that that I went through were the happiest six months of my entire life. Why? I was, uh, why? I just don't know. I just like- Like I you had more time to just kind of sit and be exactly. with yourself? Is I became that? a child. I became, <laughs> I, I, I became like, okay, I guess I'm sick right now and I'm going chemotherapy. This is a good excuse for myself to check out, right? Mm. So I checked out on life. I did. I said, I'm not going to stress out myself about finances. I'm not going to stress out myself about anything. I'm just going to be in a positive state with Allah. Allah tested me with this. I guess this test, you know, can allow me to take a break. So all what I focused on is reading Quran, making more dua, making more tasbih. Every day I was making those. Uh, I had a regiment of La ilaha illallah a hundred times, Astaghfirullah a hundred times, Allahumma salli Muhammad a hundred times, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon a hundred times, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah a hundred times. So you had like a, a, a daily, I had, a, I had daily a, word. Thousand, a daily word. And I just stayed man with lahu, it. Man lahu word, word. <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So this is, I'm telling you, when the time of calamity happens, you can have Sakina. And, and I did not even think that I have that, right? Mm. I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, oh, I'm strong. And No, I did not think I will have that. And Allah gave it to me. Allah so Allah. I, I'm thinking, you know, you really need to trust Allah. You need, and that helps you in so many different, one of which is in your marriage, right? It helps you. Trust. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, trusting Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Yes, sir. Right. Having a daily daily word, being mm -hmm. cognizant of um, all the different trials and tribulations that are happening in mm -hmm. your life, and trusting in Allah to mm -hmm. provide you a a way out of them. Mm -hmm. That is the constant mental state you need to be in, mm -hmm. spiritual state, mm -hmm. to ascend to some level of spiritual emotional psychological physical maturity mm -hmm. that can that will help you in being a, a good husband exactly right this is all things that you need to be doing before you even say i need to get married or i need i need to find a spouse mm -hmm. right this is pre-work <clears throat> right 
um, assuming you don't have any uh, maybe pornography addiction or anything, mm-hmm. this is a good starting point mm-hmm. for for uh, for you to be in. Exactly. Mashallah. That, that's uh, <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Okay, in, in the car on the way back, you you were kind of talking about one of the issues of these marriages failing is they kind of they maybe start out in an Islamic way. You're mm-hmm. seeking it out through an Islamic way, but when you get into a problem, mm-hmm. then you're probably not dealing with it in an Islamic way while you're in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some advice? Exactly. To, 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 to some of these communication issues that come up, or mm-hmm. maybe uh, I mean I don't know. I don't I don't Sahih. know what you what you're hearing. So. Sahih. Most of us, we just see, we go to the wedding, everyone looks so happy, everyone's talking about how amazing it is, everyone's happy, and then however much later, it's it's done. You know, people get Correct. divorced and no one knows why. Correct. So what's going on? So uh, sometimes people, assuming they had the right evaluation system when they chose one another before marriage. Yes. Because Islam has systems in place. A system for how to look for a spouse, what to look for, how to look for it how to make sure you did your homework. Okay. That's a system. Another system falls once you get married. How do you run the relationship? What are the foundation of the relationships? What did the Quran teach us? What did the Hadith teach us? Etc. Etc. Another system <clears throat> is for conflict resolution between husband and wife and how do you, <clears throat> from small conflict resolution to very high level conflict resolution, in terms of you involve relatives and representatives. Mm. There is another system when you want to go ahead and get divorced. So there are systems. Yani, let me throw at, because I just mentioned divorce, let me throw the expectations of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِمْسَاكٌ بِمَعْرُوفٍ أَوْ تَسْرِيحٌ بِإِحْسَانٌ Allah says you either live together in ma'roof, which is goodness in general. You live in goodness together. Or if you cannot live in goodness, you leave each other with ihsan. Now, mm. ihsan is a higher level than ma'roof. So what Allah expects from us is if we are going through a divorce or preparing for a divorce or initiating a divorce, that the relationship between the husband and wife will go into now a higher gear. They're treating each other professionally and they're treating each other as Muslims who are being careful with one another. They're making sure they're not oppressing one another. They're treating each other with ihsan. The highest level of iman is ihsan. Excellence. So that... You're definitely not seeing that. It's exactly. usually ugly and World falling War III. out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You're usually having like a storm and a tornado and this and that. And I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to do this. Uh, you can't have faith and want to destroy someone else just because you're getting divorced. خلص, you're ending a relationship... So you turn it into professional, you become good, nice. It's like you're nice to your neighbor now. So you take it to ihsan. You're very, even if your neighbor like one day leaves the garbage in front of your house, you take the garbage, you put it in the bin, and then you send it back to his house. And you know, you don't complain. Professional, very nice. You become super nice with the other person because you're going through divorce. So you want to leave with good memory, you want to, uh, you want to be like a, if you need each other in the future, you can go back as professional, like Muslims, right? As people, b- believers helping one another. You don't need to live with grudges and hate and, 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 and. And sometimes one person is good and the other is not. You know, the husband might be nice, the wife is not. The wife might be actually very trying to live peacefully, but the husband wants to teach her a lesson 
We don't know. It's uh, I'm talking in general, but it's interesting how the Quran expect us to divorce with ihsan. Hmm. Yani that's just crazy, right? That's why our faith is always calling us to a higher ground. Islam never asks from you what you already know. It asks from you something higher ground. You like we you you go you want to you want to you you want to go to a higher gear of morality and character. Islam challenges you against your own self to reach that higher level of ihsan even in the case of divorce. So people might get in marriage for the right reasons, but then in marriage they have a f- conflict. What are they resorting to? They're resorting to what their friends told them, how to have conflict resolution marriage. They're resorting to the TV shows that is stored in the back of their mind, in their subconscious, how you have conflict resolution. They're resorting to uh, uh, their inclinations, the society and the culture and the norms. They're resorting to ignorance or to their nafs and emotion, being very emotional. Sometimes they're resorting to the shaitan and the devil ways of destruction. And, and as I said, they want to teach. When you don't have the, the systems of, of, of marriage and conflict resolution marriage from, from, from faithful point of view, from Islamic point of view, then you now you might have entered marriage for the right reasons, but you don't know how to function inside marriage. So the marriage is going to fall apart naturally. Uh, all you're getting trying to get out of marriage and you don't know how to get out of marriage Islamically, which is again requires from us ihsan and it has systems for divorce. We're not going to get into that in detail because no, that's no. like hours upon hours. But yeah, yeah. The, the idea is uh, that's, that's the situation. So remember, Islam is a guidance. Different situation needs different guidance. You need to be aware of the different guidance that were meant for different situations. So that's that's the in general the inshallah. You know, Islam is a guidance. There's a system for everything. Mm-hmm. Whatever problem you may have, you are not you are unique as a person, but mm-hmm. your problems are not unique. Mm-hmm. So there is a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, try to um, don't just put your needs first, mm-hmm. but put what Allah expects of you exactly. first, and you know, inshallah, you get out of it. More than what you experience from it. I guess. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess we can. I know we spoke a lot. We spoke generally. Correct. So I think we can try to maybe get in a little bit of detail. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying someone has faith. Mm-hmm. Someone has uh, knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all maybe I would say buzzwords at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? Let's get into some specifics. Excellent. About about this. So. When someone is looking to get married, you, you want to look for qualities that are in yourself and in the one that you're trying to choose, right? Mm. So our faith gives us a specific guidelines for choosing a spouse. Obviously, when you're trying to choose a spouse based on these guidelines, you're trying to make sure they have them and you have them. So the Prophet ﷺ, for the man said something, and for the woman said something. They sound similar, but they are unique. So for the woman, he says, if someone comes to you and you like his faith and his character, then go ahead. Say yes, right? This is to the woman. To the woman. Okay. And he said something similar to the man. 
He said, women are desired, men desire women for four things, for their looks and beauty, for their wealth and financial status, for their family status, and then for their faith. Choose the one with faith, otherwise your hands ended up with nothing but dirt. The Prophet <laughs> said. So here becomes immediately a conflict. So what do you want me to say? In Islam, it just says, find a religious person and marry them. So what if I don't like them? What? If, okay. It's When we talk about the foundation, we're not talking about the whole house. Even the Prophet asked people to see each other before they get married, to look in the eyes of one another. One Sahabi said, Ya Rasul, I went and got married. He said, did you see her? Did you talk to her? He said, no. He said, go and see her and talk to her. So the idea is that you need to, we're not saying, oh, go and get married to someone religious without any other criteria. No, 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 no. Please give me a chance to explain what's going on. You you are going to get married to someone that you like. No, 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 that's natural. You, you want to get married to someone you're attracted to. That's natural. We're not disputing that. But we're saying that cannot be the only criteria. What is the Prophet ﷺ telling us? Choose someone that has faith. Now, what does it mean to have faith? People don't know what is. People think having faith is having the cause without the effect. Okay, what's the cause? I pray five times a day. I fast Ramadan. I give zakat. I went to Hajj. I believe in Allah, His Messenger, the books, the, the Day of Judgment, the whole nine yards, right? Okay, now you have the cause, you have. But do you have the effect? Did these teachings and these practices affect you? What? Why is the Prophet telling the husband and the wife, look for faith, look for faith, look for faith? Because the effect of faith, what does faith does to a human? What is supposed to do to a human? It's supposed to make out of you a selfless, giving, charitable, merciful person. You, if that doesn't come out of your faith, the impact of your faith on you, then what's the, what's the use, right? So for example, Allah says in the Quran, what's the effect of salah in you? So if you're praying and you're still doing bad deeds and you're falling into sin, exactly. then you're obviously... You, you, you need to reconsider your prayer. You need to start letting your prayer, the cause, give the effect. Yeah. So Allah says salah prevents the person who prays from fahsha, which is indecent sins, and munkar, unacceptable and unrecognized sins. Like, خلص, indecency, immorality, this, salah forbids. So Allah mentions the cause, which is salah, we all have to pray. And Allah mentions, what effects are you looking for that the salah will help you with? So salah will give you sakina, as we said before, tuma'nina, aman, salam, uh, you know, the love of Allah, tranquility, calmness. If I'm praying, and, and I am a wreck. I'm like a 24-7 a uh, anxiety person. That means my salah is not doing what it's supposed to do. I need to go and learn salah. I don't need to stop praying. No, don't stop. Just come back and learn what salah has an effect on you. So what I'm saying, today people marry based on I love you, which is not no problem with that. You want to love the person that you marry, definitely. But what do we mean by I love you today? When people say, I love you today, they mean, I love you for the way you make me feel. 
If you take me out to dinner, I love you. Bring me flowers. Oh my God, I love you. If you bring me a gift, oh my God, I love you. If you take me to the movies after that, oh my God. If you spoil me, oh my God, I love you. If you take me to vacation, oh my God. If we, every day we eat in a different restaurant, I love you. Okay, so what if I don't do any of this towards you? Or I don't like you? So people today, when they say, I love you, they mean, I love me. Hmm. I, so and, and, and selfish. Exactly. A little selfish exactly. act. Okay. And they're not shy to say it. They say, I love the way you make me feel. Okay, so what happens when I don't make you feel that way? Do you still love me? I mean, come on. Who can sit down every day for the rest of their life and try to make someone feel special and unique and this and this and every day of their life? We're human beings, right? So what does it mean to look for someone that has faith? Who do you? Who are you supposed to love? You look for someone who has faith, it means you look for someone who's selfless, giving this. Because what happens if you marry someone who's selfless? What happens if you marry someone who's giving? What happens if you marry someone who's merciful? What happens when you marry someone who's decent? What happens when you marry someone who's, who's so charitable, right? You're going to live happy with that person. That's a person. If you find someone who has not only the cause of effect, but the effect of the iman, not the cause of iman, but the effect of iman, that's a person that you would love and respect whether you are married to them or not. I tell people, when you look for someone, look for marriage, look for someone that you would love them and respect them whether you are married to them or not. Don't look for someone for the way they make you feel. That's That, that comes later. That's going to come if you both agree on each other and like one another. So that's going to come. So what did Allah say in the Quran in Surah Al-Rum? Allah said it all in a very summarized way. And one of his signs, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ صدق الله العظيم And one of his signs is that he created for you mates from amongst yourselves so that you will feel secure next to them. See the word security here? تَسْكُنُوا تَسْكُنُوا Tuma'nina, aman, salam. You need someone that you can feel secure next to them, right? وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً The word mawadda, Allah's name is al-wadud. What is the meaning of al-wadud? Al-wadud is the one who makes others love, love him or love her because of how much he do for them. So Allah used the word mawadda in the Quran instead of ishq and hub. You know why? Because... Subhanallah, Allah is telling us indirectly, you need to practice the love of giving, not only the love of taking. You want to marry someone who loves to give, loves to sacrifice, loves to, 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 to be passionate and merciful and helpful. So Allah, what did he say? He put between you mawadda, the love of giving, and rahma, mercy in the dealings. Mercy. So now imagine this. Imagine this scenario. The husband is practicing the love of giving towards his wife. The wife is practicing the love of giving towards her husband. What is happening now? They're both giving and receiving at the same time. Hmm. So they're not, they're not, oh, you need to do this and this and this for me so that I could love you. 
oh no, you're not gonna wait for that. You're gonna give and she's gonna give. So now you have an ideal situation. You're fulfilling your duties and you're enjoying your rights. That is the love that Allah wants us to have. So when you're looking for someone to marry, what do you want to look for? Someone who has the cause of effect. He's praying five times a day. He's fasting Ramadan, this. And someone who has the cause and he has the effect. The cause, he's praying. The effect, he's calm. The cause, he's fasting. The effect, he feeds the poor. The cause, he's giving zakah. The effect, he cares about people who are other than himself. Do you know what's the worst thing in life to happen for any person? To marry someone who's selfish. To marry someone. You know when people marry because of the looks? You know what's happening in the background? Someone who thinks he's very handsome and all what he needs to make the picture of his life perfect is to bring a girl that looks pretty so that he can put her, make her fit in his frame of life. On his Instagram. On his Instagram. I am be I'm handsome. My wife is beautiful. That's it. Everyone, hey, people, go ahead and envy us. Well, they will envy you, and you will end up being divorced in a very short time. You understand? <laughs> Unfortunately. Do you want someone to marry you? So that's because you can going to make their Facebook look perfect? Because you're going to make the picture of his life perfect? Or you, her life perfect? When people marry each other based on looks, how long do looks last? Not long. When people marry each other because of money, how long it... Money can go, go it, fast. Yeah, yeah. Rich people went down the drain in front of our eyes in every bu bubble and bust of this economy. Yeah. We've seen very rich people become poor. When people have a high family status, right? You are from, I don't know, the Kennedys or the Bushes or God knows what. Or you are today the princess, the daughter of the king. Tomorrow there is a coup. You and your whole family are in jail, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it didn't help to marry a princess, right? Or to marry a prince. But when you marry someone for their faith, that's rock solid, hmm. inshallah. You see, bodies, our bodies, with all of its handsomeness and beauty, is made out of dirt. Gold and silver is made out of dirt. Didn't Allah tell us in the Quran, I created you from Turab? Hmm. And don't we get gold and silver from Turab? And didn't the Prophet say, Kullukum li Adam wa Adam in Turab? All of you go back to Adam and Adam goes back to Turab. So this whole high family status. So that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, if you don't choose the one with faith, your hands ended up with nothing but Turab. Ya Allah. Looks are Turab. Gold and silver is Turab. People are Turab, meaning dirt, dirt, dirt. But faith is not Durab, Turab. Faith. Allah is not Turab. Allah is the creator of dirt. Not He's not dirt. Faith goes beyond. Faith is what makes you a human. Faith is what makes you one of Allah's best creation because you have a soul. You have a mind. You have a heart. Beside the fact that you have a body. So I believe if part of the preparation for marriage is what are you looking for? What are you looking for in others? Make sure you have it yourself. Make sure you don't only have the cause of faith, but the effect of faith. And if you're going and approaching marriage that way, find someone that is charitable, merciful, giving, selfless, and make sure you are like that too. You're going to have an amazing life for a very, 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 very long time. And the love will come. And the whole. Oh. You know, you might not. How, how can you not love someone like that, man? How can you not love someone who's giving? 
Wallahi, you, you love them every day. How can you not love someone who's caring? They care about their parents. They care about their brothers and sisters. They care about their neighbors. They care about humanity. They care about the climate. They care about the planet. They care about animals. That's Rasulullah. That's, I'm describing to you the Prophet And we're trying to be a copy of him. Oh my God, this person, what happens when you love someone, whether you marry them or not? I'll tell you what happens. When you get married, and naturally there will be disputes. And naturally there will be ups and downs in the marriage. And naturally you will feel one day you don't love them, right? What happens? When the problems hit and then you remind yourself and you say, let me look at them. Oh my God, they're still the same person that I loved and respected. They might not be f making me feel good today or tomorrow or this week because maybe they're under stress. But I still love them and respect them for who they are. They're still that selfless person. There's still that giving person. There's still that believing person. There's still that helpful person. They still have so many standards and so many goals in life that I love and respect. So what's going to happen? You're going to forgive them. You're going to let it go. So that's going to help in the conflict resolution. Right? So if you that, don't have uh, that. That's a big part of the yeah, yeah. forgiving. Forgiving, yeah. Learn, you know, a lot of these um, divorces... It's because someone decided to put their foot down. Right. Right. Because of, um, you know, they're prideful or it mm -hmm. comes back to being selfish. Right. right? It's me, me, me. So, mm -hmm. uh, subhanAllah, you really, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, my mind's a little blown right now with the, Allahu Akbar. Uh, <laughs> Allahu Akbar. You know, someone came to Sayyidina Umar al Khattab to complain about his wife. His wife was giving him hard time. So he said, let me go to the Khalifa, to the Amir. Okay. To let my heart out and, and vent. So he gets close to knock the door and from behind the door he hears the wife of Umar ibn al-Khattab screaming her lungs out to him, at him. She's screaming at him. So he wanted to knock, then he held his hand up and said, uh-oh, he has the same problem I have. So he turns around and not knock the door. <laughs> so Sayyidina Umar opens the door and he sees him walking away. He said, man, 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 come, 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 come. Why did you come to me? He said, I came to complain about my wife. I find you in the, in the same shoes like me. You know? So <laughs> he said, man, of course, like, let it go, man. Let it go. Look, he said, do you know what this woman, how, how patient she's with me? Do you know how much, do you know how much I'm walk out in the morning, come back in the evening? Do you know she takes care of the kids? She's taking care of the house. And she... Make sure everyone is all right. And she helps her parents. And she helps the neighbors. And of course, we, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. Look what made Umar have patience with his wife. The fact that he respects her for what she does and who she is, even if she's screaming at him. And he's yelling. Umar ibn al-Khattab. Right. You know, yeah, he's he's the, the Khalifa. He's the Khalifa. Exactly. And he even... You see, when you don't have that towards your spouse because you married them for the look or you married them for the money or you married them for the family status or you married them because they're fun and they're more fun. They make you laugh, but they no more make you laugh. Now they're making you cry. What is going to be the bedrock of your marriage? What's going to make you say, you know what, let, let, let me let it go because he's worth it or she's worth it. You do that when someone in front of you is a giving person merciful person, a person who helps others stand up for rights, stand up for this, then you say, you know what, it's okay, it's okay, I'm going to let it go, 
because he deserves that I let it go. He deserves it. He's a good person. Hmm. She's a good person. She deserves that I forgive her. Man, I can't be stuck on every small and big thing. She deserves it. That's what you want to look for in a person, not just a selfish person who just only focus on themselves. You know, people go and get married, and when they get married, they are the center of the universe. They are the center, and they want their spouse to be revolving around them like the earth revolves around the sun and around itself. They want to be the center of the When you get in a relationship, it's like you have some, uh, some of even the stars in our galaxy. You have two stars revolving around each other. Mm. They, we, we don't have here the sun and the moon. We don't have earth and the moon. We have the sun and another sun, and they're revolving around each other. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's both are giving, both are receiving, both are helping, both are forgiving. One time, one, this one will have a day up and a day down. The other day will have this a day up and a day down, and they're forgiving each other. And I believe, alhamdulillah, that works before marriage, that works after marriage and during marriage, right? And, uh, and, and, and I pray that uh, people look for these qualities in others. I pray that they don't just look for them, but they try to build them up in themselves exactly. too. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's... Rabbil uh, Alameen. Alameen. Can you close us off with a dua, Sheikh? Ya, Rab, uh, ya Allah. Uh, there is an amazing dua by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He when he said... Um, uh, um, uh, oh, ever living and oh, self standing, it is your mercy that I am begging for. Do not leave me to myself, a blink of an eye or less than that. And the beauty of this dua is that when people are led by their nafs, by their desires, by their, by their inclination, by their pride, by their anger, by their emotions, they make the most foolish decisions in life. Hmm. And the Prophet is praying, Ya Allah, do not leave me to my nafs a blink of an eye or less than that. Hmm. Please stay with me, Ya Allah, in all decisions, in all actions. Because in a blink of an eye, you could say something, take a decision, destroy a relationship because of your nafs, not because of your mind. Your mind is functioning. Your iman is functioning, but your emotions is not functioning. And you took a decision based on emotions and based on uh, ego and based on anger and based on this Rasulullah said Ya Allah don't leave me to myself always be with me a blink of an eye look a second so, some scientists say your eyes blink in less than a second hmm. so this is in, in interesting so that's my dua Ya Allah don't leave us to our own desires and whims and emotions and immaturity and there's a blink of an eye because in that blink of an eye you can destroy a family you can destroy a relationship you can destroy a potential relationship right like you're looking at the right person but just because your nafs got in the way you lost them <laughs> and they're no more your spouse or your potential spouse so we pray that Allah does not let us uh, leave us to ourselves and we don't make 
immature, emotional, irrational decisions in life, but rather we make decisions guided by Allah and follow, using our logic and ration and, and sense that Allah gifted us with, guided by the Quran and Sunnah. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakallah Khair Shaykh Ameen, for Barakallah closing us off with a beautiful du'a. And Jazakallah uh, Khair for uh, staying up with us tonight. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. This is fun, mashallah. Mashallah. Inshallah, we look forward to having you here again. Uh, inshallah, next time we'll have Munir as well. Ahlan wa sahlan. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, Rabbil Alameen. Jazakallah Khair Shaykh. Assalamu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum